Hey everybody, this is uh, Kevin, a podcast for me. A podcast for me, as well as a podcast for you. I'm your host, K-Dog, Busy Dog. And uh, today it's uh, March the 6th. Probably going to release this tomorrow. But I figured I'd get a podcast out there as soon as I could. And how's life going? Still looking for a job. <laughs> Think I got one lined up. We'll see. Life sucks over here living with my wife's mother. It's terrible. I mean, she's a hardcore individual, let's just say. I'm just try to stay out of her way, and that's just not enough. Uh, the fact that she just stays home all day watching uh, Fox News and... You know, just she's looking for reasons to hate, you know. She comes out and tells you what to do right away. You're just like, okay. So it's a rough go, let's just say. She was uh, complaining about, um, this is a while back, she was complaining about how she, uh, all she ever did was just, she didn't do anything, you know, and shitting on herself and I was like you know what well you raised like five six kids I mean they're all like good and some went to college so I mean I can't see anything wrong with that, that that's hard in it in a in it and of itself and she goes I did more than that I did more than just raise kids like she took offense to that and that was just like okay and then after that it's touch and go from then on and everything I said was turned back around at me so it got kind of weird but you know what that's life. As soon as I get this job going, fucking get the fuck out of here, you know? It's an awkward thing, too. Like, well, I'll, I'll like, say, I'll say some words like, hey, yeah, the weather's pretty cold or something else. I'm like, what do you think? That she's not her head. And I'm like, okay, Roger that. So let's walk away, you know? I do things here and there. I don't say anything because if I do, it'd be like I'm bragging. So I just try to, like, keep my chill you know stay in this room even that's not enough it's i get complaints like all you do is stay in the room i'm like well looking for jobs but if i'm in the way you know i don't want to get in your way and it's no good but that's uh so that's doing all right my wife's doing all right that's what matters it's a rough time in life but without further ado let's get into some news we got the coronavirus it's plaguing america not really. There's not that many people that are sick, but it's a lot nonetheless in the sense that the coronavirus did affect zero people. Now it's affecting 10 people or something like that. Uh, thousands of people, but there's a couple of people dead. By a couple of people, I mean like 100. And that, doesn't, that sounds like a lot, right? 100 people. But you're talking about a room of millions, right? And then you got other flu that's killing people left and right. So it's kind of weird that we're all focused on coronavirus. And it's just flu, you know. You could be, you know, this is likened to the bird flu or the swine flu. And this is just going to be another flu that you can get. And that's just going to be life, a flu that you can get. And it's nothing to be afraid of, but there's this mass panic about it. They're like, we got to do this, we got to get a vaccine, we got to do this and that. Waste of time. I don't know why it's in the news. The news is really pushing it on people. It just irritates me when I hear people say, oh yeah, I don't want to get the coronavirus. That coronavirus is getting pretty bad. And it's, it's, it's a flu. It's a fucking flu. And it's out. 
And it was derived from a bat, you know, somebody ate a bat or something with a bat. I don't know why they call it, why don't they call it bat flu? They called it pig flu or swine flu. They called it bird flu. Why not bat flu? Maybe it's too uh, similar to bird flu. But I don't know, man. It's fucking stupid. Right now, it's so bad that people are buying gas, or not gas masks, but um, masks nonetheless to like cover their face so they don't get the flu. Or, I mean, bird flu. I mean, you should worry about the real flu. It's killed way more people than corona flu. Also, the elections are still going on, primaries and everything. It seems like it's all got limited to Biden and um, Bernie, which is weird. I, I called it a while back saying that it was going to be Warren. I, be, I guess she got X'd out. And it's a weird thing, too, because now it's Biden and um, Bernie. They're pretty close. But it just feels like Biden will be the one on top, which is kind of a weird thing because if you ever heard Biden talk, he's a buffoon. You know, he doesn't really talk well. He called a guy a dog face pony, pale face pony face. I don't know. He said something. I mean, the guy is obviously having a stroke every time he has a conversation. I, I just don't know why everyone's backing him. It makes you think that Bernie must be very, like, dangerous, you know for for the establishment or something like that some kind of a conspiracy that's what it kind of feels like you know oh well we'll see only time will tell it would be cool if it was biden because it'd be Bi biden versus trump in the end and biden's such an idiot that uh trump will just pff, make uh, quick work of him lots of jokes a lot of jokes are gonna happen he'll get flustered he'll try to fight him <laughs> Or something. Because he's such an old guy. And the thing is, he doesn't even drink. That's that's the deal right there. You would think that Biden's doing all sorts of drugs or something. Because he just sounds like an idiot. <laughs> Release the chains! I remember he was having a... He was, um, he was in the South, which that's... I mean, I guess a lot of black people voted for him. I don't know why. You should vote for Bernie. I just don't understand how everyone went for Biden. That's kind of weird. But uh, Biden was like, um, release the chains. Like He started talking like he was a reverend or something like that. And some white guy talking about how, I don't know. It just sounded weird and fake. And he was placating to the, to the crowd. who's was primarily black. I was going to say something else. Let's see here. Bernie. Biden. Chains. There's this guy, uh, Mike Bloomberg, and he kept bombarding the airwaves. Like I watch YouTube a lot, and so he, like, there was a commercial for Bloomberg every thirty seconds. It was on TV and everything. This guy's a billionaire mayor who uh, just kept uh, buying up uh, advertising. You know what was weird is he put five hundred million dollars into the campaign to uh to to you know become president and the thing is there's only like 350 million people in america if he were to give each person in america a million dollars to vote for him he could have had money left over and i'm pretty confident you give me a million dollars to vote for you i'm voting for you i'm pretty sure there's a law or clause that makes you so you can't do that but then it got me thinking about that andrew yang I didn't think the financial supported 
uh, well, I'll give you some burping. I didn't think the financials supported uh, giving each person a thousand bucks a month uh, in America. But if you think about it, I mean, you only you're only given um, let's see, less than a million dollars, really. You know, I was making a point, and then I was I was like, you know what, that doesn't make sense. So I did the math. All right, just follow me here, guys. If you give three hundred fifty million people million dollars that's 300 he could have gave a person a million dollars each person right that should be 350 million dollars right if you have 350 mil oh yeah because it'd be one buck each right no one million dollars and he, he had spent 500 that million and he gave if he would have just gave each person a million dollars that's 350 million people it's it's less than that how come when I do the math, <laughs> I'm too stupid. Write me in if you can. Why is it if I did the math for $12,000, not a million, but 12, it's like way more. <laughs> like, I don't get that. Like, $1 million is more than $12,000. But when you multiply it across 350 million people, maybe I, maybe I got my math wrong. If you got $1 million... And I'm giving each, I have 350 million of it. Oh, I think I know what went wrong here. You can't give. I don't know. Let's see here. Million. Huh. Let's see where I got confused there. <laughs> it's because I read the article. I didn't actually think about it until afterwards. Yeah, it's only 350 million. So, like... 350 people could get a million dollars. Oh, man, I'm so stupid. Okay, I guess that point is mute then. I, I was like thinking, yeah, you should be able to give fucking people. But then again, I mean, it's only like $4 billion if you think about it. You know, right? To give each person a thousand bucks would be less than that. Right? Maybe half of that. Two bill. And then you got people who are making a billion dollars a fucking year. So, like, I don't know. I think it's possible we could have probably got some a couple of billion out of people to to then give it to a thousand bucks to everybody else, but psh, you know what? I'm not I'm not even gonna go there because I felt stupid about how I was doing math just now. So uh, I read this article. Netflix is wasting your time. TV shows are often too long and slow, but one little change can fix that. Now <clears throat> this article goes into detail about double speed. So there's a thing you could do with audiobooks and podcasts where you listen two times faster than the norm. So you can get like an hour in uh, in 30 minutes, you know, if you're listening to a show, right? And then you just have, it's just about an understanding. And this is a possibility that people could do. And I guess they're going to do that with Netflix as well. <clears throat> now, here's the deal. The thing is, I think that's bad. I think that's bad that you're just, I don't know, increasing... I think that will make it so people will have less patience. And maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. That was my phone ringer thing. I should uh turn that shit off somehow. I don't even know how to do that. Oh, because I have it on right now. <laughs> that's funny. Well, anywho, so 
you got your pluses and minuses of uh, making Netflix fast like that in general, anything, right? And I think Netflix will be, if they do this, will push a threshold on a people. Just like how Netflix has changed things because you'd have these big budget movies or big budget. Oh, my wife rolled up in here. I didn't even know she was here. It's four o'clock, so she got here early. I had time to record, but I want to get this final thought out, and I'll try to continue on later. Uh, what was I doing? Double speed. Now think about that. Plus is minus, right? Uh, Netflix pushes the threshold. You had your TV shows that were like twenty six episodes, and the production value was spaced amongst that, and so your shows had more nuanced and things like that. But they came out once a week. Netflix changed the whole game. And they started releasing shows all in one chunk. And at first I thought this was a good thing. But <clears throat> now it's a weird thing where... Because, okay, so when they threw out a chunk, they will only do like 12 episodes or 6 episodes. And you would have like fucking movie quality... Um, something that was 26 episodes condensed into like 12 or 6 episodes. Had better story. It was more concise. Less like fat, you know, like with the... Um, extra shit like you didn't have to develop certain aspects so you really had a real like it's like a laser beam focus of a of a show and that was cool and then gradually over time shows would then turn into the same thing they would start doing the same exact thing releasing six episodes networks were copying it as well but they would do this thing where they would release six episodes and if the show didn't manage then they would just cancel the show but Netflix just kept on doing this and um, most shows started copying this right now now it's turned into a thing where they make the show with the thought of it being six episodes so they stretch it out even more it's it's a weird thing. It's like a a show that could have been one hour will then get spread into Everyone keeps interrupting me on this goddamn podcast, I have to say. But basically, now they got these they're still keeping the same formula, but they're spreading like an episode that's one hour into two hours. And you could tell there's a lot of extra space, nothing really happening. It makes documentaries like this, too. Something that could have been in two hours, they'd make that into six episodes. So I don't know if... Um, when Netflix, that's an, I just ran upstairs, so now I'm, like, tired. But I think that's an unintended consequence of something that was good. Now, who would have thought? And then you got these shows that are pretty good. They're like um, like Stranger Things and everything like that. But as I'm watching these shows, I'm like, oh, they could have just took this shit out. And that's why that was the allure of when they when they created what they call binge watching shows. Is that like you could watch one episode. It was so exciting and thrilling that you go into the next episode and so on and so forth. But now it's like a bit of a drag. And so... To combat this, they're coming up with a new thing, which is double speed. So you can go through an episode in 30 minutes. Now that, I don't know. I could see that being 
an unintended consequence of a of a thing of like making shows that have no attention span at, at all. I don't know, man. If you can't sit through a show for an hour, then it just I don't know. I I know that that's bad for you. I I can't see I can't articulate right now what I think is wrong. Well, maybe I'm an old person, but I've seen things like this done before where it is an unintended consequence. You think you're doing a good thing, but you're actually doing a bad thing. And seeing that Netflix pushed a lot of shit through, a lot of other companies are emulating, this might be a bad thing too. Will they du- Will they create double the speed of a show? I don't know. I don't think so. Because some shows can't do that. Some TV shows can't do that. Like, because it's, um, what is it? Normal TV, you know? It's like a... At 8 o'clock, this is what's coming on. And people are still all about that. But maybe they might, they'll might start designing shows that are packed in 30 minutes. So you wouldn't have Star Trek at one hour. You'd have Star Trek at 30 minutes or some shit like that. And that might be the thing. So it might look neurotic. I don't know. Only time will tell. But I see this as a bad thing. You know, anytime you're trying to shorten people's attention span, it's bad enough people don't even read books anymore, let alone read news articles and shit. It used to be you could read a newspaper or something like that, but everything has to be condensed in some form or, or and turned into comments, you know. Because before, too, as well, like a news report would be like, this is the news and that's it. And then it became slowly became a thing in which... It's like an opinion piece. So now now people getting the news are going towards certain individual things rather than just having an agreed opinion. So back then you would have your news and then people would just kind of agree or disagree. Now it's, I only go to the news that I agree with. You know, you can always give the news of the same subject in different ways to make it sound bad. My kid loves the snow. I hate the snow. But uh, my kid was like, yeah, snow, you can do this. You can go down the slide and things like that. So from Seth's channel, it's how snow is awesome. And then me, snow is wet. It's cold. I always got to put clothes on. Well, like I'm walking around naked, but I got to put more clothes on than normal and shit like that. And so (laughs) there's the dichotomy there. In both instances, we're talking about the same thing. But, you know, in his channel, it's it's awesome. In my channel, it sucks. And so what people do now, instead of just looking at snow and making their own opinion, they just go towards Seth or me. And then we're forming these two parties. And, you know, it's just the unintended consequence of what the news is now. And now with this whole double speed thing, I think that might push people towards a trend of having shorter attention spans than they had before. I mean, people already have short attention spans. I can't believe double speed. This is crazy. Like you're supposed to, when you're watching something, it's supposed to be something you watch to enjoy. Me personally, I'm watching something and like I, because I watch Star Trek quite a bit, I'll be watching Star Trek and sometimes like, like getting to the second episode or third episode, I'm just like, oh, and I find myself wanting to fast forward. At that point, that's a tell to me that I need to stop watching Star Trek and give it a rest, you know, and that's with all things. If there's something you can't sit through, then maybe you should just give that thing a rest, people. I'm just saying. Uh, Trying to speed through the process of something is just not a good thing to do. 
in anything. Imagine if you did that with sex, you know, instead of enjoying the time you have, you're just trying to get to the end result. That's what double speed is, you know. I don't think you want to be fucking and then all of a sudden just be like, yep, 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 got to get to the end. I know most guys want to do that and, you know. I'm a dude, so, you know, that's that's what we like, you know. But, you know what, for, for long-lasting relationships, you kind of have to prolong some things. And if you want to have a good relationship with your brain growing, I think uh, you would really want to avoid this double-speed thing. Maybe for information, I, I would think, like, I get audiobooks, right? Because you're, if you're reading a nonfiction book and you want to get that information in, I could see the futility of using double-speed. However something entertaining comedy or anything like that double speed this is ridiculous you know yeah it's just uh yeah netflix is not just wasting your time they're ruining you and then let's just talk about how they're gonna make these shows in the general i mean you're uh you're making shows go super fast then it's like they could tell if they need to make shows lot faster i don't know who knows how that's going to work out. All right, I got one more rant in me, and then I'll just uh, continue at another time here. So Disney's Mulan remake is, uh, it's got plagued by the Me Too thing. So in Mulan, the original cartoon, Disney cartoon, um, she's her dad's weak and f fucked up and only men can go and fight the war so she dresses like a dude and goes fights and at the same time she's being trained by this one guy and he's kind of like liking her and everything like that then he turns out she's a chick he's all into her right now <laughs> because of the b2 era they they don't think that a superior can get with the chick right because he was technically the superior. But this is a different time. There's a fucking dragon. Magic shit's happening too. I mean. What can I say? So instead of that. They have the person who's training them. And they became a like a surrogate father. They're like uh, the father figure. And then another guy gets with her. And I think. I mean. I have two thoughts about that. One, that's not, I mean, you changed the story a little. I get it. All right. But the reason you changed it, I mean, that's irritating. And two, it's redundant because she has a father. It's not like her father dies and that's why she takes the place. It's she wants to save her father. She, she already has a father figure. So it's redundant to have another father figure. And then, I mean, just you're, you're, you're jumping through hoops just to achieve the same thing, just to avoid something that no one really is going to be bothered by. Well, there will be some people bothered by it because they're re re idiots, you know. But uh, anyone who's bothered by a Mulan movie, you know, that sucks. But I'm bothered by it now because of the hoops that they jumped just to do that. Disney just keeps taking a shit on itself with these movies. I mean, what, what leaps and bounds they have to do with story just to avoid a fucking catastrophe amongst, like, other idiots. You know, I don't know. It's like a minority of people are changing the way things are done. And with that being said, I mean, if a few people could change the world, I mean, there's hope for us yet. <laughs> but this right now is not a good thing. And and vice versa. I mean, you could change the world for the worst. That's what they're doing right now. So there's always hope. So school removes Bible verse after complaint. So they have this uh, school in Kentucky, I think it is. 
and yeah, Kentucky. And um, that's it's funny too because it's a you know religious area, and it says uh, in their locker room they said, "But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior." And um, they took that down because they don't want it to be God related. And, you know, hoorah, you took God out of that. And I don't see why that's a bad thing. Like, if it was like, like, Allah, be strong, you know, I, I get that, you know, maybe because, you know, that school was founded on uh, Christian stuff and what what's the Muslim stuff doing in there, but... I mean, just say, like, say you went to a school and it was like Muslim hardcore and it had some Muslim verse. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, take that shit down. It's the way it is. And it's not like it's saying, like, Jesus hates fags or anything like that. It's like Jesus is my savior or some bullshit like that. That's not, that's not a bad thing. And saying, like, I'm strong because of, you know, the Lord, that's not a bad thing either. I was reading the comments and everyone's all like, you know, that's why they're trying to separate church and state and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. You know, the founding fathers were religious, you know, and the only reason why they wanted freedom of religion is because some people believed God in one way, others believed God in another way, you know, but it was the same kind of God. So it was, it was still like, they wanted it if there was a different variation, I think that's the spirit of it. I don't think they ever had an idea ever that people would just be Muslim and they'd be worshiping, worshiping, um, Christian and Muslim values. Cause at the time the Navy was formed to, you know, attack Muslims, you know? So they were like anti-Muslim back then, but because they didn't really specify and they just figured, Oh, we'll just make, you know, freedom of religion, you know, it's, it's, it can't be that bad. I'm pretty sure they thought to themselves that the other parts of the Constitution and laws would then just, you know, figure it out, you know, as the state, as the country grew, you know. And um, apparently we took that and ran with it. <laughs> so, I mean, as of now, you can't enact Sharia law, but who knows what the future might hold. Let's see here. Texas man who filmed himself licking a tub of ice cream in Walmart and putting it back in the freezer has been jailed for 30 days. So this guy tried to spurn a movement. As as young people do, they get their uh, they get their iPhones out or you know their smartphones and they record themselves doing fucking absurd things. Like there was one instance where people were snorting condoms in their nose. Ugh. And there was another instance where people were eating tide pools. Well, this fucking guy. He grabbed an ice cream at a store and licked it and put it back in. So if somebody bought that, they would have bought ice cream that they were licked, causing a kind of a panic. Because if you think about it, you know, the next time you buy ice cream, there's someone could have licked it. You don't know. I mean, kind of. There is a topper, but some ice creams don't have the topper. There's, it's just the top, not that little seal. And um, I guess he has to pay money to the company of the ice cream that he licked. Because that was bad for business. Now people aren't going to buy that tub of ice cream because they think, yeah, somebody licked this shit. But they should all be sealed that way anyways. So that shit like that can happen. But uh, yeah, they threw the book at that guy. 30 days as much as they could. Should have put him in jail longer. You know, like, don't do this shit. Because you really want to discourage that shit. You want to discourage people fucking licking ice cream and putting it back into the uh, thing for you to buy. Because that's just terrible. Uh, 
The Masked Singer reveals the identity of Taco. Here's the star under the mask. I only brought this story up because it reminded me of a time. I should have put this in riff section. It reminded me of a time of, uh, I just, I, I was uh, bored. Everything wasn't hooked up. And we were watching TV. And I watched this show called The Masked Singer. I think it's the third season. And what the premise is, is uh, there's a famous person and they wear this um, absurd costume and they sing. And it's up to people to kind of figure out who the fucking person is. And um, once their ratings go down or something like that, when their popularity goes down, they reveal who they are. And there's only one person trying to be at the top at the very end. Now, the thing that got me was there are these hosts that are watching the show and as well as the audience. And what I didn't understand and I couldn't comprehend is when they would tell the story, like, so I'm a mass singer, I sing my song. Then they would talk about their history and what led them on their journey or whatever. And they have like a, it's like a electronic voice to, to, to obscure who they are, you know? And as they're telling their story and how they got there, fucking audience members were crying. And I'm like, why? But fucking why? They're like, yeah, I worked hard to get here. And then you would have the like the, the announcers acting like hysterical. They're like crying. Hey, boy, you know, where and everyone's just crying. And I was just like, I've been so out of the loop. I didn't I haven't watched normal TV in forever. So when I watched this this fucking shit, I was like, oh my God, what has happened to people to think that this is good shit? Like people are genuinely like, this is good. And and getting all emotional and shit. So I don't know. Maybe I'm more of an sociopath than ever, but I can't see myself hearing someone's woe is me. They're already famous. They're already rich. And they're talking about like, oh, yeah, I worked hard to get here and all that shit. You know, and I'm like, oh, man, fucking oh, get all sad. I think um, the what are they called? The referees or the people, the, the, the hosts of the show, they're on drugs or something, man, because they were acting absurdly emotional over nothing like the guy didn't even say that much fucking take a look at this show youtube clips and everything and watch these fucking people fucking wipe their tears and act like this is the saddest shit ever <sighs> and they're not even winning anything they just win you know accolades that are awesome uh so there's this chinese lady that's facing off against this uh poland lady and UFC 248. The only time a Chinese person will ever win, I guess, in a fight in America is like during the UFC as chicks. So Zhang Weili is going to fight Joanna Jerzejczyk. And they're going to fight in UFC 248. She might win. And um, if you ever watch these, these chicks fight, man, they get after it. It's pretty good fights. And, um, you know, hey, man, maybe more Chinese people will fight in the UFC because you don't really see them. You really see, you know, how they say there is a outcome that's a reality. You know, if Chinese people were badass, they'd be winning, but they don't win ever in the in these fights, you know, just like uh, Olympics. Right. You're not seeing Chinese people win the 400 meter dash. You're seeing like Jamaicans. <laughs> so, I mean, the USC is really talk about 
an outcome of true and it's truest. There's no like pushing a diversity thing. They should put like, if you put 300 Chinese people in there, I wonder how f would they fare, you know, because it seems to be the winners of these fights are always like from Poland or uh, from Russia, but you don't see Chinese people winning, and, which is counterintuitive to what you've seen on TV with the, you know, the Kung Fu and everything. And if they really were good at fighting, you would think they would just destroy in all of UFC. Talk about the, talk about showing that not all races are created equal in all things. You know, they're just equal in some aspects, you know. So I just wanted to bring that up. Billy Porter. Billy Porter. Hmm. So there's this guy named Billy Porter, and he's going to be a fairy godmother in this new Cinderella movie. And he's going to be genderless. We'll be genderless. It's a dude. It's a dude wearing a dress. They're really pushing this narrative of, um, I don't know, I wonder how long that's going to go. Guys dressing up like chicks to, to get fame, you know. So they're going to have this uh, new Cinderella movie. And they're trying to make a big hubbub about this. But I don't know who's watching this fucking movie. It's a TV movie probably. And for Cinderella. So I guess they're going to have the fairy godmother be this dude. Who's dressed up as a chick. And I guess you know more power to transgender rights and all that bullshit. And I think to myself who's watching this fucking movie. No one's watching this fucking movie. In fact, in fact, the people watching this movie are people who can't afford like streaming or movies or anything. They're like old people who are stuck to TV, who are stuck in these old ways of thinking. And they're going to be having this transgender thing pushed into the not that he's a thing or she's a thing, but this this issue pushed down their face. Which I find hilarious. And, you know, in, in retrospect, you know, I was kind of irritated that they, they keep ramming this down our throats. But they're not really ramming anything down my throat. So I probably won't even watch it. I, Cinderella is not for me. Who are they? <laughs> Who are they playing this for? Like, who's watching? Is this? I had to read into this. Uh, apparently, it's actually going out in theater. But it's not a, it's not a Disney thing. It's a, it's a Sony thing. I don't know why they're doing this. But if you think about it. Yeah, I don't know who's going to... That movie's going to fucking bomb. <laughs> no one's going to watch that movie. Oh, whatever. Now, you know what's another thing? Okay, so check this out. This guy's a transgender dude or a girl. So he's a trans woman. So it, he is a she, okay? And he's gay. But he's not gay, though. Because if you identify as a chick and you're getting with dudes, you're not gay. That's you being normal, I guess, or not normal, straight. I don't know. The fuck? So he's an openly gay black man who often challenges gender. Oh, I don't even know what he is. Whatever, man. Well, I don't know who's going to be watching that movie. That movie's going to bomb. Like, okay, say, say for instance, take social justice out of the picture and forget wokeness. So it's a normal Cinderella movie. Who's fucking watching it? Now, when it was Disney, I get that. Because it's a Disney movie. They remade their own cartoon. So be it. Sony is just coming out with a musical. Cinderella. It's like fucking cats all over again. Alright, here we go. Arnold Schwarzenegger launches a $7 million lawsuit against a Russian robot company using his likeness. 
asshole. If only a... <laughs> okay, you guys got to Google this shit. Arnold Schwarzenegger robot. <laughs> uh, it doesn't even look like him. It looks like a, like a, mo- a mongoloid, man. He looks dumb. But I guess, go for it. You know, they're making a robot. I thought that was kind of funny. I know why he's suing him. He's not suing him for money. Just know that. A lot of people think this is a money thing. He wants to hurt this fucking company for doing that. <laughs> Making his face. It looks stupid. I want to hear his fucking thoughts on that. Like, like what the fuck? <laughs> he looks so stupid. Oh, oh. <laughs> KFC is selling a taco with a shell made out of fried chicken because dreams do come true. That is fucking dope. I'm going to totally try that. I, I remember I had their Delicious. It was like two pieces of chicken. And then that's the bread. <laughs> and then inside is like a sandwich. I was like, and the bread is the chicken. <laughs> now they're making tacos. It's fucking great. My mouth is watering just talking about it. When's that coming out? Yes, KFC Singapore is truly in 3020 selling delicious whatever the fuck. Since it was announced earlier this month, people have been flocking to KFC to give it a taste. So far, the re- wait, what is it? That's out already? Shit, I'm, I'm fucking getting that. Chris Pratt and Katherine Schwarzenegger. Oh, so Chris Pratt is with this chick named Katherine Schwarzenegger. And, um, you know, Schwarzenegger's daughter. You know what's funny is I, I thought, I only brought this up because I was thinking about it. I was thinking, like, how do you, I don't know. If I'm getting it on with Schwarzenegger's daughter, I can't not get the face of Schwarzenegger out of my face. So I mean, like, as you're like, I wonder if she, if she talks like him as they're having sex, like, empty your balls in me, you know, get to the chopper, you know, like, like as you're just like just railing her, uh, that just makes me want to go limp just thinking about it. But there you go. All right. That's it for the news. Let's get into some reviews. So I'm watching this podcast with one of my favorite uh, podcasters or maybe documentary guys, Stephen Dubner. And he's uh, he's famous for the Freakonomics. And, uh, <clears throat> and he, he opened my eyes to new avenues of thinking. Like, you know, uh, there was one where it was like, um, how did... How did crime fall down in Chicago? And it's like, if you look at the statistics, it's it couldn't be more police because that's never worked. Or it can't be more of this or more of that or anything the government do. And they, they came up with the theory that it was abortion was illegal. So the crime isn't that it got lower. It's just that as the population grew, the people who would have been more prone to crime. So you're thinking like poor people, right? And they got their kids because they don't like really... Uh, believe in birth control half the time and um, they have a kid and then they're in a poor predicament and that would then statistically push them more to crime those people when they got access to abortions and birth control they were able to manage you know not having kids and therefore more people that would be less inclined to crime and the people that would be inclined to crime would be just not there and uh there's other way there's other things in that freakonomics that just kind of blew my mind and uh he's having a so basically i'm watching this podcast with steven dubner and i'm having seeing him watch uh being interviewed by joe rogan another favorite of mine and these two are like epic uh philosophers i would say 
they're they're coming at each other, right? And one um, instance, they, they start talking about Trump. And what I like about Stephen is you can see him angling towards a uh, topic, right? Like whether it be anti-Trump. You can tell clearly he's anti-Trump. But he's uh, he's just working his little angles, and they talk about... Uh, and Joe breaks it down perfectly on how he became president. And uh, it's mo mostly because of the showmanship, you know, like... You know, the way he acts is like he's a comedian and, you know, he's able to like galvanize a bunch of people who are distraught and, you know, like they're trying to take our guns away. That kind of bullshit. And Stephen, he goes, we can both agree. And this is this is something I don't like too much when people push this agenda, but they do that. When you, when you say the words we both can agree, you're 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 kind of forcing your narrative. But whatever. He goes, we can both agree that that showmanship isn't shouldn't be a prerequisite i disagree showmanship is a presidency should be a thing now, i'll tell you why like, hear me out should have called this hear me out section so how our government structured is there's there's checks and balances so it's not like one guy can do whatever he has to be Galvanizing. You know what's funny is that in Stephen Dubner's Freakonomics documentary, he does explain the power of the presidency. He then explains that one of the main powers of the president is to galvanize the uh, Congress or Senate uh, or Congress, actually, you know, and uh, meaning, you know, to, to, to persuade them to to persuade them to do something. Right. And. I guess he's old, so he's forgotten this. But the presidency is that ability. You want person to be able to be having showmanship and able to try to persuade people to do certain said things. So if they have a law or whatever, you know, and that should very well be a prerequisite. So why would we even vote? You know, because voting, we're voting on who's most popular. Really, it's not like their ideals are better or not. Well, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but like, it's really how they convey their ideas that you vote for. Well, this person conveyed his ideas perfectly that align with my morality, my ideas on what we need to do. So I'm going to vote for him. That's what you want. And, um, you can tell this guy's like anti-Trump and the, it just shows you how this, um, how some people just, even this guy, Stephen Dubner, even this guy is a little bit strayed off from, from logical thought just because of his, uh, contempt for that guy. And, um, you can just tell, I, I, I he's not going to specifically say that cause it then puts to question his point, but, uh, you could tell that he is a little bit, um, you know, contemptual of him because he's going to say, you know, the uh, thought process um, of um, of showmanship shouldn't be a prerequisite, which I disagree. And it makes sense, right? So I call this the review cast or the review section because I have a bunch of shit I want to review. Uh, so I've been watching a bunch of shit because I have no job and no life. And so therefore I've been reviewing things. Which basically means I'm just watching shit and I want to throw my thoughts out there. So uh, I've been watching Picard and I thought I'd be doing an episode, uh, like review each one because I just couldn't help it. Because that fifth episode really pissed me off. 
But episode six was pretty good leading up to episode seven. Episode seven of Picard is the culmination of all nostalgia, you know, because it's really nostalgic, if anything, because it's like it makes you think of the past and everything like that because they they really key in on a lot of moments. Okay, for instance, like, uh, well, I'll just break down the episode. Spoilers if you haven't seen any. The episode kind of continues off where um, Picard and... uh, What's his name? Picard and that robot lady. They they go through a portal to some place called Nefa, is it Nefa Teen or something? And um, at the same time, uh, not what's his name? Hugh, who's from iBorg, from Star Trek Next Generation, who seems to be the director of the Borg thing. He's getting people killed left and right. So this lady, who's like a Romulan secret. Romulan lady she's like killing uh, I guess his Borg buddies you know to try to get the information out of him like where did Picard go and then um, what's his name saves him uh, that that elf guy Legolas but I forgot his name and um, he he's going down there and he saves him with this little ninja sword and fucking saves his ass and they uh, they make an escape and then at the same time um on the ship that's uh, chasing after Picard because Picard gave him the message of where to meet him at. He, um, he goes, uh, what is this guy's name? He, uh, the, the captain of the ship, he's thinking to himself like, Oh, I know why this guy's able to track us. It's because of Rafi, which in reality it's this chick. Oh, and they do that. They do this flashback to try to explain, why she killed Maddox. Now, I said before when this when this went down, when she goes the plot twist in episode five, where she kills this guy, I said I don't care what they give, whatever information. It just doesn't make sense for her to just unilaterally think, yeah, I need to kill everybody. And you know what? It's even if it was the destruction of all sentient life, I still think that you could have looped in Picard, the guy who like saved the fucking universe a bunch of times, you know, but whatever it, it was how I predicted it. So like, I was like, how are they going to show her something? And she'd just be like, Oh yeah, that's it. That's going to make me kill my lover or whatever. And it turns out it was a mind meld. Uh, I guess, um, this, what's her name? The Vulcan lady, the security lady from the uh, from Starfleet. She she does a mind meld with her and shows her what she knows, and then like it's like you know fucking universes exploding or whatever the fuck. And actually, if you watch Enterprise, I think they allude to it. So in Enterprise, in season two, the whole fucking thing is this AI takes over and in the future erases all life, you know. And I guess they're kind of linking into that. So, yeah, I guess if sent if rope is I guess if AI takes over, which is kind of weird because in the in Discovery it's AI itself, not synthetic robots or anything like that, but they turned it into robots. So, I guess in in this like timeline, if if robots take over, it's it's game over. So that's why we need to kill all these uh, robots and anyone who has anything to do with it. And I guess the mind meld kind of works because she was able to see the, 
the the secret that would just break your mind and i guess even even when you know it it's still not good enough they should never have made a build up like that but whatever she has that rattling through her head and she's got some tracking device inside of her and that's how they're able to track her but for some reason the captain thinks it's raffi cuz she disappeared and came back so there's that going on meanwhile on the planet um What's his name? Uh, uh, Picard and uh, Soji are are on this planet, and then this one little blonde lady has a little bow and arrow, and she's about to she she like a little girl, and she's about to like shoot him. But in reality, she's just playing around in the forest. And it turns out it's um, Riker's uh, place, you know. And so Picard meets his old friend, and it, it's pretty cool too because he sees Deanna Troy. And it, you just get all the feels when you see this scene because it's like, you know, going back to family kind of thing. And he, he resisted the urge to go here because he didn't want to involve them because they, they're so near and dear to his heart, I guess. And so he goes to uh, talk to Troy. And, and Troy, who who's an empath, can kind of like read his emotions and shit. So she kind of knows that shit is dire and it sucks to be Picard. And Picard has been just hiding this shit this whole time and she sees right through him and she starts crying because she she feels his pain and shit and he and he's crying too because he's trying to hide it but he can't and he's trying to console her and say it's okay it's okay everything's all right and i thought that was an interesting dynamic here you got someone who can like read your thoughts or not your 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 emotions and they they know you're lying yet the person's trying to make it sound like it's all right i don't know i just thought that was so interesting um, the daughter, her name is Kestra and, uh, Kestra is the daughter of Riker and Troy and Kestra is a, a pretty good callback. I once said that they don't, I don't know who wrote this episode. I could look it up, but I'm lazy, but it felt like maybe the nerd council came together and fucking told them how to have deep cuts because Kestra is the name of Deanna Troy's sister, who died and then there was an episode in star trek next generation i forgot what season six or seven i forgot but it's there's some kind of a secret inside of her head that was I, that was blocking her she, like she didn't know about her sister it was her or mother i forgot it was one of those episodes i kind of skip most of the time but in reality it's um it's it's like she had a sister that died and everyone I think, yeah, the mom blocked it out. And then uh, so did Deanna. I, I, don't, I don't remember. But so calling her Kester is like an ode to her. And um, I thought that was cute. And uh, at this same time, um, what's her name? Uh, not Dodge, but uh, the robot lady. What the fuck is her name? Robot lady... Soji, yeah. So Soji doesn't trust anybody. She had her heart broken. You know, the the Romulan dude kind of manipulated her. So she feels all fucked up. And so she doesn't trust anybody. Not even Riker. Oh, Riker. Picard. Which is kind of weird because I thought she was activated. But I guess not. Because when Dodge was activated, she was all about Picard. She could just trust him. And this one, she can't trust Picard. But that could be a thing in which her trust system subroutines are broken or some shit like that. 
it's cool seeing Riker. I, I mean, he's such a cool guy, you know. It's like, I wish he was my buddy, you know, that kind of thing. And um, he's cooking pizza. And, like, a thing about Riker and old Star Trek was he used to try to cook. And he was a terrible cook, by the way. Well, he was making eggs, and they were terrible. But I guess that's his callback. So he's trying to make pizza from scratch. And that, that was pretty cool. And... Um, when Picard's there, they're talking, and then the, a cool little thing Riker does is shields. Like, I guess he has some kind of a compound where he's able to, like, have shields and detect fucking Romulans. And I think that was pretty cool. And uh, it, it's it, later on, he explains that he's he's a reservist, which makes kind of sense because, you know, you never quit Starfleet, you know. When you watch Star Trek, man, you, you Starfleet through and through, you know, because you're not you're not working for money. You're working for the better of yourself and then like an idea like Star Starfleet, you know, uh, which is significantly different from like the show's uh, uh, discovery in this, you know, how the, how they react. It's just weird. Because it seems like they're they're not all about self-improvement. They're all about fucking just fucking nitpicking each other and all this drama and shit that doesn't exist in Star Trek. But whatever. Um, Riker, who's super smart and has been doing this for a while, understands why Picard's uh, there and everything else. And he, he, he figures that through conversation and a couple of observations that she's the daughter of Data because he does she does this like head tilt. Which is, you know, it's funny. It's cool that she does that, but she never did that in the entire show. There's no fucking re reason for her to do that head tilt. She just so happens to do it right there, you know, but whatever. Um, it also turns out, too, that Riker and Deanna had another kid. And something about, like, if they had a synth, they could have fixed this kid. I don't know, man. They, they, they're very vague about that. So there's probably, like, a comic book out there to explain all that shit. But it, it was a real good um, episode because it was just like hitting them all the strings and all the all the all the back in the days kind of feelings, you know. And uh, it was like a welcome rest for Picard because his journey's been rough. And then there's one conversation between Picard and uh, Riker in which uh, he's explaining, you know, my new crew is so much different from you guys. You know, they're all a lot of drama, you know, and he's right. Cause old Star Trek, there wasn't that much drama between the characters and now there's nothing but drama in the characters. So it was a little head, head nod to that. Oh yeah. On the Borg, this is the boring part. Um, it seems like they just kind of shoehorn this shit in, but, um, you got Hugh trying to take over the Borg cube and um, with his buddy Legolas. I, I forgot his name and I don't care. Uh, the uh, Tal Shiar lady, who's probably not Tal Shiar, starts fucking shooting at him and fucking Legolas starts killing him with his sword and they throw down and she ends up like killing, like throwing a dagger in what's his name, Hugh's throat and then running off and so she was able to run off, and um, I guess Hugh dies, and that kind of sucks. They killed him off. I actually felt that. I was like, man, I can't believe they killed him. It sucked that they killed Eachum, but it, it really is sad that they killed this guy, so whatever. And um, I guess uh, Legolas, or whatever the fuck his name is, he goes and gets like some kind of a badge that summons 709 because she's part of some ranger fucking thing. So that, that happens. So that's for the next episode. Um, 
it was cool when um so soji is trying to rest right and um the kester lady she she knows all about star trek and it was kind of a cool perspective because she's like it's like she's us almost because she's all like did you guys did you hear about the enterprise with the mighty picard and you know did so your data's daughter and, and she starts coming back with all this like old lore like uh <laughs> lore that's a pun no she talks about uh data uh, are you into sherlock holmes because data did the sherlock holmes bit and he goes are you into trying to be human or some bullshit you know just a bunch of like callbacks from the show and uh no she's not in any of that it would be kind of cool if she was in the fucking sherlock holmes though not actually having sex with sherlock holmes but sherlock holmes um, let's see here. What else we got? Yeah, that's pretty much in the episode. Uh, the fucking Picard and Soji with renewed, I don't know, interest to go to this planet with these two moons. That's what they're going to go and do. And then they get back on the ship somehow. And that's it. You know, it's a bit of a slow crawl when you come to the, the show. The show is very like, I mean, it could have been better if like, this is the third episode, and and you just consolidate a lot of the shit, you know, cut cut a lot of the boringness of it because I mean, really not much happens in this episode. Although I think it's the best of the season, it's still not that great. It's re relying heavily on you know old Trek, and that's about it. Leading into I don't know something's gonna happen next episode. They only got three episodes left, and they haven't really done much. It feels like. They had a handful of ideas and dragged it out for fucking was three episodes left. Ten episodes. Pff, terrible. Discovery season one did a better job of dragging shit out. It didn't feel rushed and felt like shit just got down. And uh, a lot of memorable episodes. And this fucking show, this is the only episode that was very memorable. But even if, you know, it's like the decline of new track is not good you know most of it's pretty bad um yeah because season one of discovery was pretty good and then you got your season two and it was kind of okay and then uh then you got picard which is less than okay and, and that's about it i was really excited about this show but the show is a big letdown and i think that's because the showrunner sucks i don't know they, they're trying to they should have got Rick Berman you fucking sh or had him as a, as a consult, you know, because that guy carried on Gene Roddenberry's legacy pretty good. And it's like there's still Star Trek. You're still coming back to. But I, I have not come back to Discovery. Never once have I been compelled to watch Discovery. And Picard is probably one and done, you know, and that's pretty bad for Star Trek because Star Trek's a real rewatchable show. All right. Well, that's it for Picard. My next review I watched I Am Not Okay With This. It's a Netflix show. Uh, it's about a teenage girl who is played by the chick from It. Uh, see here. And uh, I guess her name is Christy Hall. I don't know. And, um, oh no, I was stupid. It's Sophia Lillis. She was she played in It. She was the, the chick in that one. And um, I'm noticing a theme with this lady. I bet she likes her hair like that. It's it's pretty terrible. It's like this uh, short, mannish kind of hair, a little short redhead, you know. And it makes sense, though, in the show, though, because she's like with teenage angst. She's all angry and shit. So apparently her, 
her dad died like a like a a year ago. Uh, he just committed suicide supposedly, and ever since then she's just been angry. There wasn't even a letter on why he killed himself, which you know later on in the show, you know, still you don't know if he did kill himself. Maybe he was murdered. Who knows? And the show it's a comedy, I guess, but it's like thirty minutes a pop. Not even that. It's like a twenty minute episode. It's uh, culminating with ten episodes. And um, the main theme is this chick's trying to get through this week. She's angry. She writes in her diary. And uh, homecoming's a thing. She's got this friend that she likes, like, deeply. and But she's with this dude. And this dude's, like, a bit of a prick. You know, he's, like, like uh, head of the football team or some shit like that. And uh, she's all about her friend. And um, you could tell easily. See, and that's the thing I didn't like about it is because you could just tell she was kind of lesbian to begin with. She was all angry and shit and with the short hair. And I was like, oh, she's a lesbian. And uh, what they should have did was um, try to, I don't know, try to make her like a chick looking. You know, just give her the long hair. That way she didn't look so, like, you know, bullish, you know. But they gave her the short hair, so it was kind of a plot twist that she was a lesbian, but it was obvious that she was a lesbian, so I don't know if it was a plot twist. It's like if you wanted to create a show and the plot twist is the the guy with the ski mask is the bad guy, you know, but you could already tell. But whatever. So she's angry and shit and, you know, and you know, throwing, she has, tele, so the big crux of the show is she has telekinesis and she's like confused by it. So she makes like this one guy nosebleed. You know, because he was like, um, he was all crushing on his on her friend, and she was jealous, and so she made her have a nosebleed, and uh, she's like, "Wait, did I do that?" And the cool thing about this show is that it had an inner monologue of her, and I thought that was a pretty good. She kept writing to her diary, so it kept saying, "Dear diary." So she's having an inner monologue, which is a conversation with her diary, and, um, and so you just assume that's what, what's going on. She's writing it in her uh, diary. And um, in the first few episodes, though, you can tell she's jealous about her friend. She gets with this one creep, not creepy guy, but like this little wacky dude who smokes a lot of pot, which I thought was pretty cool. She gets with this guy and they hang out and they they end up getting it on after uh, smoking lots of weed. And she finds out that she doesn't she's not into that. She doesn't understand it either. That's the thing. And um, it's a weird thing in this in this show because they have cell phones, but they're not on their cell phones all the time. And I was like, I was confused by that. I was like, why why are all these high school kids not on their cell phones that much? And it looks like it's a '60s movie. You know, the whole theme, everyone's wearing '60s kind of clothes, and everyone's vehicle are kind of old school. But it's clearly in the 20, 2000s because they have cell phones and are texting each other. You know, for plot. Um, there's one part where this guy's reading a popular mechanics and my wife caught that as she looked it up. It turns out it's 2019, uh, popular mechanics. So, so this is an era where, you know, you have cell phones and, but kids aren't on them and that's, it's just a weird thing. Like no one's using the internet to figure things out because there's this one part where, um, so, so she's like doing, having psychic powers and shit and doing things here and there. It's very subtle in each episode. And her nerd friends like I've done some research, and it's for comedic effect that uh, effect that he gets out some comic books and shit. And uh, I was like thinking, why the fuck do you bring out comic books? Why do you, why isn't it like a scene of them looking on the internet? 
But they don't even do that. And so that kind of like, you just have to separate your analytical part of your brain when you're watching this show. You know, it's you know, a magical world where people don't use their cell phones, only to text for plot device. And they've never heard of psychics before or anything like that. Because it's in all TV literature, you know. Um, he figures out that her, her powers are tied to her emotions. And if she learned how to control it, she'd be more powerful. But she's all fucked up in the head. She can't do that. They go to a party. And uh, she ends up getting drunk and kisses her friend. Gets all weird about it. And then later on, at the end of the show... It seems like she's all into her all of a sudden. And I, I was just thinking, like, is that a thing? Like, if you're lesbian, automatically everyone around you is already into you already? I mean, like, so if I was a gay dude, automatically my friends are just gay too? I mean, I I thought I, that was another leap of logic, but whatever. Uh, so they're about to kiss and uh, fucking, I don't know why, but this drunk dude... He he's mad because he got caught cheating on on Dina, who is the chick's friend, and uh, he I guess he gets drunk and he starts talking shit and he found her diary and starts reading out loud, and he starts like talking shit and, and for some reason at the homecoming no one's taking the mic from him because he's ultra powerful I don't know he just starts talking shit about this chick's diary and she's very sad about it and she's bubbling up and then um. And then he, when he's about to tell everybody that she has psychic powers, which is funny because I don't think anyone would believe her, kind of. She pops this dude's head, like, wow, like psychic power style. That, that was pretty graphic, too. Like, his head exploded. And, like, it was so sudden, and I didn't expect it, you know. She runs away. Uh, at the same time, while the show's going on, there's someone following her and shit. Turns out her dad had psychic powers, too. Killed a bunch of people, and... Uh, been wrestling with it ever since and uh, I guess someone's trying to fucking track her down too so I don't know what that's about uh, that's the show's pretty short there's not much that's going on it's it, it's funny you know oh yeah Picard I rate fucking seven that up season seven or season one episode seven I rate that at a seven I rate this show at a a seven as well it's, it's okay it's intriguing you want to know more i'm ready for the second season so i'll probably watch that shit again i mean not the again but the next season uh the characters are pretty cool uh I like the nerd guy kinda all right so i watched dracula on Netflix. That's another new show. Now, this show kind of surprised me because it's only like three episodes. Didn't know that. I was like, why is this episode so long? Each episode's like an hour and a half. And there's only like three of them. And it's funny because mostly, most times Netflix makes these shows um, like an hour or less than that. And uh, But it turns out this is a BBC show. And what they do when they make their shows, like Sherlock and everything, they make their episodes about an hour and a half so i didn't i wasn't thinking like that at the time so when i watched it, i was like god this episode's long and uh the show's pretty good though it's uh it's a different kind of take on dracula uh in the sense that um it revamps some of the the lore of of dracula uh it, 
the show starts out where he's old and it's back in the day. And uh, I guess he needs to drink blood. And they don't really specify what kind of what what's his criteria f- for drinking blood. Because you would think that it's Dracula. It doesn't matter. But apparently it does to him. He has to select f- certain people. If not, he I guess he goes crazy. They didn't really specify the rules. They just just had some certain things. Um, let's see. I, I don't want to, I don't really want to go in detail on the show, but they made Van Helsing a chick. So they gender bedded this. So she's like a nun and, uh, she's all about killing vampires. I guess Van Helsing's bloodlines all about killing vampires. And, and it was cool. Little cat and mouse game between Dracula and her because she was very smart. She's, uh, interviewing this one guy who escaped from Dracula and, I thought that was a pretty. I thought the whole show was pretty good, except for the last episode. But the the whole intelligence of the it was well written on the intelligence of that character, and they they posed it in a way where, like, I believe Dracula wasn't gonna go and kill this lady because it doesn't make like like Dracula just be killing people, so he should be killing this this uh, Van Helsing lady, Agatha, uh, but uh, he doesn't because she she sets kind of couple traps here and there and uh so she's gonna kill herself before he drinks her blood so it's just like a lot of little things here and there um the first episode's about dracula and him just drinking this one dude's blood i don't know and uh just establishing the main characters from then on the second episode's about him traveling to london which ends into a fiery defeat. Uh, Agatha, who has been getting her blood sucked by this guy for a while, because I guess he wants to make her last. Um, he uh, he he had her, you know, draining her blood and shit. But she figures a way to destroy this boat before he gets to London. And in the third episode, he gets awakened in the like in present times, and he walks his ass up onto the on the shores and i guess there's this like a uh, corporation that's been like created to you know they're supposed to i guess study dracula and it turns out that dracula has a lawyer that was a cool part this is season three or episode three he had a lawyer who is like this fucking garbage human being well kind of maybe i don't know because he, he eats flies and shit they, they create a scenario where he gets let go, you know, and then Agatha, who had been killed long ago, um, her descendant, like her uncle or someone had another kid and she's, it's like she's reincarnated, you know, and, um, she's there and they capture Dracula and it doesn't make sense at first when they, when they're in their helicopters and shit and they're, they're, they're about to shoot Dracula or whatever, it's because they don't really know much. So they don't know what's real, what's not, you know, lore, lore and reality. So when I first watched it, Dracula just comes up on this one lady with the camera, ends up killing her. And I was like, why did they just let that go? Why didn't they just shoot him a bunch of times? It's because they didn't really know anything. It seems to be that this corporation or foundation that was created kind of thought Dracula was a joke. They didn't really think he w- was a real thing. And so they actually found him. <laughs> Uh, turns out that Dracula is all about drinking certain people's blood, so he uses Tinder to find them. And uh, he he gets into this one chick who he's all about, makes her his bride kind of thing. 
And as it turns out, Dracula's criteria for drinking certain people's blood, like he doesn't care about a lot of people, but his criteria for drinking blood was uh, people who are uh, not afraid of death. And that's his favorite. If you're not afraid of death, you know, he's all about you. Because the first guy he drinks in the in the first episode, he's all like, he doesn't drink his, well, he drinks his blood every now and then, but he doesn't really dig him until he goes, he goes, I'm going to fight you with everything I got. And that bravery that he shows is really, that's the, yeah, that that's the good shit, right? That's Popeye's chicken blood right there. And he drinks the shit out of it. And then um, Agatha, who is brave as shit, you know, that's why he likes her a lot because she's like not afraid of death. And then it, this one chick he gets with, she's just like empty inside because she's, I guess, beautiful, but she's not. Uh, she's not good looking at all. They should have casted a, a better looking chick. But because I guess she's black, you have to automatically say, oh, she's so beautiful. And I'm like, ah, you could have got some Latina chick in there or something like that or I don't know, some kind of a mix. Usually, like, a mix is, like, the best-looking chick, you know. But Latina, man, come on. <laughs> like, you want to say she's beautiful. Because everyone's fawning over her. And I was just like, they, another another one of those times where I have to, like, escape reality here within my Dracula show, you know. Like I, I like shows to have a certain point of reality, you know. And you could diverge here and there. But when it's simple shit that doesn't need to be, like, Oh, this chick's so hot, and she's like morbidly obese, and I'm like, what the fuck, you know? Not this chick, though. I'm just saying, she's not that attractive at all. But they, you know, everyone's like, oh, she's so beautiful, and I'm like, oh. Anyways, I guess she's all like anti, you know. She's not afraid of death because she doesn't want to live. I don't know. She's just they don't really explain. She's nihilistic, if anything. And um, at the very end. Like, I guess Agatha drinks uh, some of Dracula's blood. I don't know why he offers it to her, but he does. And because she is a descendant of Van Helsing and that, that Agatha Van Helsing is like a ghost inside of her or some shit like that, you know, because they sync up with each other very well. And uh, she asks some profound questions like, why does Dracula pick this and why is Dracula that? And turns out Dracula the reason he can't like do certain things like he's afraid of the cross and the reason he's not, and this is really ham fisted at the very end of the episode of season of, of the third episode. It's like, uh, I guess he's afraid of death and that's why he's lived so long. And the reason why he likes certain people and what keeps them going is he drink, he drinks the people's blood of, uh, the ones who are like not afraid of death. He drinks blood normally like an addict. He can't help it. So he's eating fast food all the time. And that's not really what satiates him. What gets him going is when it's somebody who has like blood that, you know, is. Um, how do I say like not fearful of death, you know, and uh, Agatha or whatever her name is fucking the, the Van Helsing lady takes down this curtain and the sunlight hits him and it turns out like Dracula isn't like immune he's immune to everything really there's no weakness he has he uh like crosses don't really the only reason why he's afraid of the cross is because it represents courage you know because I guess Jesus died you know so he wasn't afraid of death and the sunlight I don't understand why he's afraid of the sunlight that doesn't really make sense either but I guess it's like I don't know they I don't know. They didn't explain it. 
Uh, he, he doesn't go into houses without being invited because that's just a, a habit he picked up. <laughs> it turns out that's not really a thing. It's just something he picked up. And the reason he can't die is because he's afraid of death. So it, it turns out that the Van Helsing lady has cancer. And I guess you can't drink cancerous blood because that would kill you. And like they created this narrative in which the reason he can't die is because he's afraid of death, yet he could drink blood, uh, poisoned blood, and I thought he was afraid of death. That's why he can't die. So shouldn't the poisoned blood not kill him because the sunlight didn't kill him? But I guess because he accepts death at that point, he's like, you're right, I was afraid of death. I guess he accepts death for no fucking reason at all. <laughs> there was no character development for that situation. But he accepts death, and I guess he dies. I don't know. You would think that when the sunlight hit him, he'd be more about, yeah, now I'm really powerful. But whatever. Uh, and the side note, the lawyer was thinking they are going to rule the world. So that's what, that's what that was. But it was a good show, I thought. A uh, bunch of other little things happen. Nothing worth mentioning. Just those aspects I just did. I would rate this show a 7. Because I'd watch it again. I'm not this episode or anything like that. I'd watch season 2. It's intriguing. And I think they are going to make a season 2. Man, that BBC, man. They'd be making shows. Alright. Last review. Uh, Pete Davidson came out with a... Uh, a... Um, what, what, do you, what do you call it? A Netflix special. And uh, it's one hour of him doing a special. And his fucking jokes were terrible. Like, I maybe I've been spoiled by uh, Dave Chappelle and fucking Bill Murr and Bill Burr, I mean, and, um, you know, Andrew Santino and, you know, fucking other comedians. But Pete Davidson seemed like a loser. Like, he just, he just got lucky, you know? Smokes lots of pot and got lucky. He had a couple jokes in there that were okay. You know, the whole smoking weed is bad. But, like, he said, like, just this whole outlook and who he is just bothers me. He's that guy who doesn't finish his food. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. He seems like a waste of life that just keep kept on going and got lucky, you know. God, I wish I could get lucky as him, but that's the way it is. It was a terrible comedy, so try to avoid it. I rate that a two. <laughs> All right, that's the last of my review. I wanted to end this podcast with some article I saw. The 30 best movies of Amazon. You know what? Forget that. Let me let me let me talk to you about something. So I'm hanging out over here in Michigan, right? And there's this lady that I know. Uh, I'm not gonna name names, but good God. Here I am without my friends, and you got this ghetto lady, right? Talking about life and how hardcore she is. And um, I'm like, okay, okay. And then, like, she's talking about she's doing her laundry, right? And um, uh, some, like, lady, and it's funny because I'm in Michigan, so people are a little bit more racist here. And uh, this black lady comes and takes her clothes out and puts her clothes in, and that's a thing. And uh, so she went and took her clothes out and put her clothes in a dryer or some shit like that, right? And then the lady is all like, what the fuck, you know, starting shit, right? So she take, so the lady takes it upon herself to call out her crew. So she gets her husband, who she mocks. She goes, yeah, he's a piece of shit. He didn't do anything. And then some other guy. And 
here they go. This chick brought two black dudes with her, but she didn't say black dudes. She, she wanted to make sure to say one word. Then she looked at me and decided not to say that. And I looked at her and I was thinking to myself, I was like, I'm not black, yo. <laughs> like, I mean, like, why would you do this for my benefit? You know, <laughs> but whatever. It made it more awkward while I'm hearing this fucking conversation. And she talks about like, what did she say? So she's going to throw down over clothes. All right. Uh, her husband at the time is like, look, let's not fight. And she goes, yeah, he's such a piece of shit. He didn't want to fight. And I'm like, who was he supposed to fight? The two big black guys? Like, what What was he supposed to do? And you guys are fighting over fucking laundry. <laughs> you know? This is how ghetto people get. <laughs> like, And she's like, yeah, he's a piece of shit. He didn't do shit. While this other guy... Uh, he was, he was talking, he was like, you better, you guys better not do shit. And then like, it's a thing where she gets in a fight and, uh, I don't know what happens really, but the, the long and short of it is like, like ghetto mentality is strong in Michigan. If you know the right people, they're out to get you killed. She's that person who, if she got in a fight, she would drag you along to fight over nachos or some shit like that. And this is how you die. You know, you watch in the Facebook, you'd be the Facebook post person dies in Michigan over nachos or some shit like that, dude. That's it. Oh, like when I was hearing her say this story, I was just like, where are my friends? I'm in this fucking place where there's ghetto people and they're fucking fighting over clothes and shit. This is fucking crazy. And then she's all like shitting on her husband for fucking not wanting to fight. And I was like, man, I kind of side with the husband. <laughs> Why the fuck would he want to fight over clothes? He's trying to calm it down. And she thought this was a bad thing, you know? And I thought to myself, yeah, this is how I fucking die. This is it. This is, this is it. Like we'll be walking along fucking, uh, somebody says something to somebody else. And then she goes, let's fucking fight. I'm like, what? <laughs> And then there I go, I get shot or some shit like that. Or she gets with some fucking crazy guy and then he uh, just decides to, you know, just kill everybody in their sleep. You know, that's 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 how my podcast end, guys. I I died in my bed uh, from some random fucking ghetto boyfriend or some random fucking fight. That's the end of me. But whatever. <laughs> let me do, anyways, let me do the the 30 best Movies on Amazon Prime for March 2020. I just saw that. I just wanted to read them and see, give you my thoughts on it. So, March 2020. 30 best movies. Amazon. You got Pan's Labyrinth at number 30. Great movie. That is a great movie. It's on Spet. It's a... Uh, uh, well, Guillermo del Toro. He's awesome. I don't know who he gets with, but he makes like awesome movies. It's about this lady, this little girl... Who bad shit's going down, and at the same time she's imagining uh, this magical adventure, or it's real. So, converse the conversation, nineteen seventy four. What's this one? Between the work uh, on the Godfather and its sequel, Francis Ford Coppola dove straight in a low-fi espionage thriller. Stars Gene Hackman. The conversation, huh? I guess I don't. I don't want to get into it. Number 28, you got Lady Bird. What's Lady Bird? Greta Gerwig makes a flawless transition behind the camera in her dictatorial debut, bringing the witty banter she often... Inf you know what? This reminds me. I don't... Whatever on this fucking movie. I was at an art hop yesterday, and I went into this one room, and I see this one per... Uh, 
it was like a, a list of pictures, right? And the first picture I saw was like this uh, this person who has like blood in saran wrap on where the chest is and and on the on the on the uh, groin area. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then it's a bunch of like trans men, I think. And then like I was like, what is all this? And I guess it was like I looked over and I saw this. Uh, I don't know, guy, girl. I don't know. I really don't. I, I, I don't want to assume, you know, you can't do that nowadays. And I'm not going to lie. It kind of shocked me and I get it. It's um, the the art theme was accept me and the uh, I don't I don't know, man, because to me it was grotesque, you know, all the blood and everything. But, you know, because I guess it's like, you know, you transitioned over to being a dude. I don't know. And um, you better accept this. And I was just like, man, that's the ideology of some people, because if you're grossed out by it, you know, uh, you're you're the bigot. You're the transphobist, I guess. So it's just like kind of sucks, you know, because I was grossed out by it. I was like, oh, there's a lot of blood going on here, you know, except me. <laughs> that's what that was. Uh, number 27, Dog Soldiers. What the fuck is this about? There's a lot of movies I haven't even heard of. Uh, Neil Marshall's Dog Soldiers takes place in Scottish Highlands, a location, both natural blah, a group of British soldiers tasked with a nighttime training exercise against a special ops team. Highlands quickly discovers their training has been derailed with only one person remains on the, uh, the rest. I don't know. That actually does sound interesting. Why it's worth it. Vampire. What? Vampires. Had a major resurgence in the last 20 years. Werewolf movies, not so much. Dog Soldiers Remedies. Oh, this is a fucking vampire? Dog Soldiers, 2002. I'm going to check that shit out. Good thing I went through this list. Uh, number 26, you got Heathers. The fuck is this? High school experience in the 80s. Cinema was growing stale. Enter Heathers, a black as night comedy that renovates and greatly improves. The, whatever. It's a teen movie. Paddington 2. Ugh, that's at number 25. What's this? Coherence. The fuck is this? Number number 24, Coherence. Proof that you don't need millions of dollars to create suspense, genuine characters. Coherence without uttering spoiling it. Hmm, Coherence? Uh, looks like one of those suspense thriller uh, movies. I might check that shit out. The Big Stick at number 23. Yeah, Trials of Culture, Romance. Build as a, as a romantic comedy 23 yeah mission impossible fallout um i guess that's been out for a bit where the fourth entry in the mission impossible series hit the ground and just keeps on going i guess that movie's all right they got the quiet place that's a pretty good movie at number 21 fight club at number 20 that's a great movie Fight Club resonates more now than ever. You know, a bunch of dudes have nowhere to go. Uh, finding out that masculinity is a bad thing. They're embraced by this whole cult of fighting. And uh, they find meaning in themselves through that, you know. And uh, I think that Fight Club is more prevalent now than ever. And if they were to remake it now, it wouldn't work because it would be too woke. The Zodiac at number 19. That's a pretty good movie. I shat on it at first, but that's pretty good. Number 18, Predestination. I didn't like that movie. I don't like the idea of you going back in time, fucking yourself, and making a kid. I thought that was kind of dumb. Short Term 12. What the fuck is that? At number 17. Looks like uh, Brie Larson. I don't like her. Rami Malek's in it? Oh. Well, I might like it. <laughs> 
I don't, I don't even want to read what that's about. Number 16 is Booksmart. What the fuck is this? First time director Olivia Wilde is insisted uh, no asshole and lots of fun policy for getting lazy. Comparison to Superbad, sure, on the super surface. Booksmart totters similar. So it's comedy with chicks. Got it. 15, leave no trace. Oh, that's kind of weird. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I remember. I remember seeing a preview of this. This is uh, this one guy gets with his daughter and they live off grid. Snowpiercer at number 14. That movie's dark. Wait, is this a show? Or the movie? Oh, yeah, it's the movie. That shit's rough, man. Anytime you talk about eating babies, not good. It's about this train that, like, in the future, the world ends, and so there's this train, and everyone lives on the train, and uh, a lot of killing. Uh, see, number 13, a simple favor. Uh, success with the thriller. Paul Feig turns into darker side of female friendship. Uh, see here. Charles or witty banter. Hmm. You know what? I might watch that. Simple favor. Hadn't the number 12. They got the handmaiden. The handmaiden. What the fuck is this? Uh, relocates choices. Uh, my reasons. Operatic plot. I don't know. It looks boring to me. Bunch of Asians. Midnight special at number 11. What the fuck's this about? The willingness to do anything for your child is common theme. Less than a child's supernatural abilities. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. This kid has special powers. Number 10. First reformed. Uh, Ethan Hawke. Uh, real slow burn champion. Looks like some kind of a Bible movie. I don't know. I'm not going to read this. You were really never, you were never really here at number nine. What the fuck is this? Probably one of the, one to watch. Pick me up. Uh, contract killer. Oh, yes. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is uh, on a killing spree to fucking find some little girl. Yeah, that might be good. Eighth grade. I think this was made by a comedian. It's about, you know, teenage angst, you know, girl eight. At 13, how she handles life. Hereditary at number seven. It's a scary movie. Plot twist, bad guys win. Heat at number six. That's a good movie. Under the Skin at number five with uh, Scarlett Johansson as an alien who fucking eats people. Number four, Unsane. That movie was creepy. Some st- It's a stalker movie. Uh, number three, Carol. The fuck is this? Far from Heaven, director, had to do period pieces. Boring. Looks boring. I would skip it. Ghost World, number two. Really? This this fucking beats a lot of movies here. (laughs) I read a but Fight Club beats all of this. Superhero free comic book adaptation. Ghost World reveals ordinary lives of two high schoolers leading up to graduation. Cusp of adulthood. Blah, 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 blah. Strikes a blah blah looks boring. Brazil, what the fuck? Uh, Terry Gilliam slapstick homage to George Orwell's uh, 1984. Uh, surreal bureaucracy. Ah, whatever. I actually do think Brazil's a terrible movie, but people liked it. That's about it, guys. <laughs> the 30 best movies on Amazon for March. Pretty much dud list. Some 
some good choice movies. I don't know why a lot of other movies won out, but they did. So there. Well, that's it for podcasts for me. Uh, if you uh, want to uh, hit me back, you can on the reviews on the iTunes or please like and share. And um, I'm on the at podcast for me. I also got the. Uh, I'm on the Twitter, and you can hit me on the Gmail at podcastformegmail.com. Anyways, this is it. I'm out. All that bullshit. Uh, As always, be the better person than you were yesterday. Try not to fight over laundry, and uh, stay frosty.